It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cami Carlisle. Well, good afternoon, and thank you for listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book Service. Today, we have Megan Mosslander and Wayne Brown from the Urban League of Nebraska. Wayne is the president and CEO, and Megan is the VP of Development and External Relations. They are both joining us today. Welcome. How are you both doing? Amazing, amazing. It is great to be here. Thank you for for having us. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for joining. Now, before we get into all things Urban League and all the wonderful things you do, can you tell me just a little bit about each of yourselves and kind of how you got to be at the Urban League? Megan, I'll I'll let you go first because you're not going to be (laughs) long-winded. So, I have been working in nonprofit for over 20 years, focusing on fundraising and communications and external relations. Um, I moved to Omaha about 13 years ago, and my first job was in North Omaha. At Holy Name, and I fell in love um, with everything that is North Omaha um, and the vibrancy and good folks here. And when I was looking for kind of a new role and a new challenge, um, I have known about Urban League for a long time through previous employers, and it just seemed like a really, really good fit uh, for what I love. And it is such an honor to work with the folks that I do, and also for an organization that has stood tall in North Omaha for. Um, almost a hundred years. Wow, very good, Wayne. How'd you get here? Well, you know, I've been here for a little bit. You know, I, I'm I was an Urban League kid. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've had my first encounter with the Urban League in uh, 1988 mm-hmm. um, it, with a, an employee who was located in my local high school, at Benson High School, and he helped me do two things. Two mm-hmm. things that I really needed because I was a kid that was in trouble. Um, he helped me get an ACT score for college entrance, and then he helped me get what's called an ASVAB score for military entrance exam. And he said, young man, knowing you and your family, you're going to need these two things to get to the next level. And I didn't know how right he he was at the time. Um, not only did he give me those two scores uh, with tutoring and help and classes, uh, he took me on the uh, historically black university college tours, which is colleges in the South that were built after uh, slavery ended to uh, to educate the children of, of, of slaves. So um, I got to see folks that I hadn't seen before. Parts of the country I hadn't seen um, uh, black welders and, and black engineers and, and, and black doctors and, and black lawyers and um, also met my wife on the tour. So it was very impactful for me to have that perspective. Um, so the league um, not only got me on the right track, um, it not only introduced me to one of my great mentors, it not only introduced me to my wife, but it introduced me and showed me how big the world can be. Because from my front porch in North Omaha, in the six square mile block radius that is North Omaha, there are things I couldn't see, people I, I didn't know. And the league navigated those gaps for me and connected me to a bigger world. So, um, and then as I became an adult, um, I didn't do any of that. I joined the military for 10 years, uh, became an attorney, uh, worked at the corporate space for a while. And then for the last uh, 18 years, I've been in the nonprofit space. Um, one, in getting young folks from high school to college, uh, two, working in a community foundation bank, uh, working in a veterans organization, and then finally back here at the league in 2020 and sorry, in 2017 uh, to work as the VP of programs under Thomas Warren. 
Um, and then I've been the executive director, president, CEO of the Urban League uh, for the last year. So it's been, it's been a great journey with the Urban League. It's been a lifetime, lifetime journey for me. I love that. That's a great story. And now look, you're the head cheese. I love it. That's awesome. Well, thank so you. The book, us, the book stops here. Yes. <laughs> right. So tell us a little bit about the history of the Urban League. This has been around for a long time and an important part of history. So tell us about the history here in Omaha. You know, the Urban League has been a player in the North Omaha community since 1927. Wow. Um, originally, the purpose and mission of the Urban League was to help folks get jobs. Uh, folks moved up uh, to the Midwest uh, from the South during the Great Migration, uh, trying to look for opportunities and jobs. So the packing house was a, a place for folks to work. But as their kids started to graduate and, and start to look for jobs, the Urban League had, was there to help negotiate some of those jobs. Um, and they also stood in the place of education because, you know, this is before Brown v. Board of Education and uh, opportunities um, for folks to find uh, educational opportunities. So they were there fighting for, for those things. And so, uh, so for almost a hundred years, the Urban League has served the North Omaha community fighting for education and, and jobs for the folks of the community. Um, it's also played, uh, a role in doing something a little deeper than that. Um, it's also played a social capital role. Um, it's been a place for folks to gather. Um, it's been a place for people to share ideas. It's been a place for uh, in communities that are isolated to come together. Uh, and what makes Urban League a little bit different than other civil rights organizations, we partner a lot with white organizations in the business community um, to take advantage of opportunities that happen um, when equity becomes an issue. And so um, it comes a place for bridging capital as well, not only for the community to get together, but also having folks from around the community work together on solving and working on the equity issue. Um, we also work on building hope. Um, you know, sometimes when you're living in poverty um, in the segregated South, um, you can get down and not know that there's something else on the other side. Uh, the Urban League has been there to kind of paint that visual picture of where can we go from here. And then the most important thing Urban Leagues have done around the country um, is provide agency. Um, I know it's difficult to provide agency because it comes from inside, but we try to help empower individuals and empower communities to be able to advocate for themselves. And so we know that we have done our job when we see folks come through our programs, come through those systems and are out there advocating and helping other people and, and living a great life. So the league has been doing that great work for almost a hundred years. We're very grateful to be here with that. That is amazing. And you all offer so many different uplifting and empowering programs I was reading on your website, and it looks like Urban League is all about education, equality, uh, diverse workforce, and providing family support services. So what about education equality? What does that look like, and what does it all entail? So um, the Urban League of Nebraska has been a part of Nebraska's plan around the, it's called the ESSA Act, Every Student Succeeds Act. Um, and in ESSA, in the Every Student Succeeds Act, um, there's a component about equity. Um, and equity is about not giving everyone the same thing, but giving people what they need. Right. And so Nebraska wrote a very bold equity statement um, and then wrote into the accountability system, AQUEST, uh, for schools. How do you look at equity across urban and rural areas? Um, you know, equity is not just a, a black African-American thing. It's not just a Latino thing. It's our folks in rural communities also getting what they need as well. You know, you have local community schools closing down and having to travel far away. Where's the equity in that? And so 
um, equity in education looks different in different parts of, uh, of the state. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it does. So with all of the education equity that you offer, there's so many different programs like the Whitney M. Young STEAM Academy. That sounds so fun. What is that? How do you what what's taught there? What's the what's the deal here? So the, the Whitney M. Young Junior Academy is an amazing experience uh, for young people who are interested in science, technology, engineering agriculture and math. And so uh, we usually partner with a local uh, college and or community college, and we take folks for about six weeks. And what we do is go through uh, different experiences with um, educationally in the science one week and technology another and engineering another and arts another and agriculture and, and math another. And then also what we do is connect those young folks with businesses. We'll take a tour of a, of a company that's really big in technology. We'll take a tour of, a, of an engineering company, construction company, and we'll have um, people meet each other and, and bridge those gaps. Um, so for kids who've not met a scientist, for kids who've not met an engineer, so for kids who haven't met a welder, for kids who haven't met a mathematician or a statistician, that we can connect those worlds and build a relationship over those six weeks. So between having fun and fun classes and experiences, having leadership activities, visiting the workplace, taking fun trips, meeting cool people, what we try to do is build a uh, foundation uh, for when they take science classes in the fall, that they can connect it to something real and relevant. Oh, I like that a lot. So what's the summer recovery program? Is that is that like a summer school kind of a thing or what's that about? You know, it's another six week program uh, okay. for our high school students. Um, you know, we call it credit recovery. And the first thing people think about is finance, but it's for high school credits. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So that program's attached to our youth attendance navigator program. And our youth attendance navigator program is for young folks who miss five or more days of school. Uh, we have individuals who are placed in the high schools where these students uh, work and play, and they become a part of that ecosystem, um, helping to alleviate barriers, helping to negotiate and advocate for students in the school. And, you know, even with all that support, um, a lot of these folks, when we get them, um, are still behind. So, you know, you'll get to the summer and you will still be short three or four credits to move to the next grade. Or you will go through our program as a senior and you still are, you know, five credits short of graduating. So the youth attendance navigators put on their own summer school called the credit recovery program and young folks catch up. And because of those extra efforts from a very special team led by Zach Bowman, we have a hundred percent of our get our kids um, matriculate to the next grade and a hundred percent graduate by the summer of the, um, of their senior year. And so we're very proud and excited about that stat and we're very proud that we are with those kids over the long haul. Sometimes we're with these young folks from middle school. And when you see them walk across the stage, and get those high school credits and graduate, no matter when they get them, it's a very proud moment. I bet 100% success. Wow. I mean, that's, I don't, that's amazing. That's incredible. I'm so glad that we have you guys. Now you did talk about the college tours and I love that you met your wife there. That's so awesome. (laughs) So a lot of us in the Midwest don't know about all the black schools in the South. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and the colleges that you tour? Sure. So um, we typically will have enough time over the spring break um, for young folks uh, to visit about five schools. And so the historically um, uh, black colleges and universities, um, you know, they accept everyone, but they have a history in serving black students. Uh, they typically have majority black uh, professors and staff. Um, the, the students are majority black. And it's a different 
type of uh, environment for some students. Um, and just like all women's colleges, you know, some colleges are a better fit for different individuals, right? Um, so these colleges have served um, a historic role. So, for example, Xavier University um, in New Orleans, mm-hmm. it's responsible for producing a majority of African-American doctors in this country. Most of them come through Xavier's undergraduate program. So I'm not sure what they're doing down there, but they have uh, produced students who are, who are very well situated and uh, can achieve well in the STEM areas. So um, it's things like that. Um, each school has a different focus. Um, you have a North Carolina A&T, which okay. focuses on agriculture and engineering. Um, each of these schools have a, has a long historical past in, in helping African-American youth make it to the next level. So now I did read something about a scholarship program. Does this go with that at all? Or is that something separate? It, that it, you is, offer? Something, it is something separate. So okay. although, we, although we take about 45 kids on, on this tour for about, uh, for about a week, the majority of our kids will attend school um, in the region or in Nebraska. Um, okay. You know, these young folks still have to be able to afford to, to move to the South. They still have to be able to afford to, to live off campus there. Uh, but here locally, we have the, um, scholarship program where we give about 33 scholarships out a year. It's about a thousand dollars scholarship. So $33,000 in scholarships a year to um, individuals to help them at any school they attend, whether it be a local Nebraska school, or if they go off to one of those historically black colleges and universities. So um, some of our best and brightest young folks apply for that. And the graduates from that program are are the ones corporate America is looking for. That's amazing. So let me ask you this, with all of this help with school, how did how did COVID affect things? You know, at first we took two seconds to to have a, a time where we had to reflect, um, but we jumped right back in and everything that we do um, in person, we learned how to do it virtually. Good. Um, so our programs and services with our Youth Tennis Navigator program, we got on those cell phones, learned how to use Zoom, and met with those kids in their home. We delivered packages to them. We delivered homework. Um, we still alleviated barriers they were having uh, with getting their grades and other um, items in. We provided food uh, during that time uh, for the workforce. We had outdoor job fairs, drive-through job fairs. Uh, we had uh, folks stop by in, in our partnerships with uh, Target and Hy-Vee. We brought in trucks and delivered food. So it just really was a community effort to make sure that the services didn't stop because the deed didn't stop. Right. Good. I'm so glad to hear that. So besides everything that you offer for education, and of course, I'm guessing here the goal is to get them into the workforce. What is career boot camp all about? Is it fun or is it like a serious boot camp? Well, as an army veteran, it's never fun, but no, I'm, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 um, it really is a, a three week program. Uh, built around the individual, those who are unemployed and underemployed. And the reason we call it a, bo- a boot camp is because it's quick. And at the end of it, you should have everything you need to succeed in the workplace. So in those classes, we work with uh, local employers to teach resume uh, building skills, uh, to do interviewing skills, um, to look at career navigation. We'll do visits. We have a clothing closet for workforce clothes. Um, we do a vision board to really work with folks to figure out where they want to be and where they want to go in life and how a good paying job is a way to get you there. So 
It's a really exciting program. Um, if you've ever been to one of the career boot camp graduations, um, it's just as emotional as a high school graduation or a college graduation because folks who thought they would never walk across the stage again um, give some of the best speeches you've ever heard. And um, having a new shot at life um, is, is worth every minute that our team spends with them. That's amazing. Well, I heard you say about the workforce closet. Can anybody, how do you get stuff to, uh, can anybody donate to that? Uh, yeah, so we do we do take in clothing donations. Um, oh, we nice. have a, a a big donation, and I'll, I'll I'll throw this over to Megan if you want to tell us about a big clothing donation we recently received. Okay, so we were very fortunate to partner with Shields, and Shields made a donation for our participants from clo- shoes to clothes, um, and then our participants that will be, will be able to come through and pick out what they need. So, but we'll take donations of um, you know. Gently used, but nice professional clothing um, for those folks that are re-entering the workforce, or maybe they're taking a step up and all of a sudden you have to dress up. We all know how expensive that is. So um, we want to really, Urban League is here for multiple reasons, as you've already said, but really it's about over helping folks overcome barriers and feel that hope and opportunity so that they can go out and reach that next goal. Sure. Well, I think you're definitely providing a lot of hope. I love it. So we're right on the cusp of Juneteenth, and this is a big deal, right? And would you, one of you, be so kind to tell us why it's so important, Juneteenth, and how do we celebrate it here in America? How do we do it here in Omaha? What are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, um, it's something I thought I would never see that – you know, the whole state and the whole country celebrating Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you personally, the reason why I think Juneteenth is so important, um, especially as a veteran, um, it was the date when all Americans were free. Um, and I think we can all celebrate that. Um, it's almost a bigger day in the black community is the 4th of July um, to celebrate the freedom of all Americans. Um, you know, when you think back to the time of, um, the Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, when you look at, you know, January 1st, 1863, uh, that was the day that, you know, folks are supposed to be able to walk off those plantations and, and to live a life and to find work and to move forward. Uh, but it didn't take until June 19th, 1863, where folks in Texas, in Galveston, Texas, found out they were free. So for two full years, they worked hard. Um, there were Americans that weren't free. They were bound. Um, so I think everyone can celebrate that. And so it's the reason historically um, in black communities, there have been parades um, in black communities where there have been cookouts in black communities have been, been concerts to celebrate the time when everyone was free. And so we are and I know I am specifically happy that the rest of the country is now celebrating that with us. Right. Yeah. So it took Biden to make this, I think, official, right, in 2021? Yes, it did become a federal holiday, yes. And so we were um, uh, met as a team and uh, at the Urban League, and we'd been giving off Juneteenth as a holiday before that. And so it was nice the rest of the country caught up with the league. Um, But there are lots of exciting things uh, that folks can be off for. Um, So some of the things that are happening uh, this Juneteenth, I don't want to get too far into that, but, uh, you know, Again, there'll be the historical parade that happens uh, up 24th Street in North Omaha. Mm-hmm. Um, the Urban League will be participating in that um, in that march. 
there'll be a concert uh, at 8 p.m. at the Malcolm X Center, uh, Music Soul Child. He's a neo-soul classical um, R&B singer. Uh, there's the Omaha Freedom Festival at the Malcolm X Foundation during the daytime where folks can get together and, and enjoy each other. And then the Juneteenth Joy Fest. That's a new one. Uh, it's going to be at the uh, Fabric Lab on, uh, on, from noon to 10 on, uh, on Juneteenth. And so a lot of activities happening. Uh, there was a steampunk tea party this week in celebration of it. I mean, so there's celebrations all over folks just enjoying, enjoying their freedom. Good. I'm so glad finally we can celebrate this all together. It only took five million years, but finally we're here. Thank goodness for that. (laughs) So Urban League, you never rest. You are always working, working, working. What's on the horizon? What's cooking over there? So, you know, we had to take some some time. It's like, what is the Urban League after the pandemic? What do we what do we do now? What do we do after the events of um of George Floyd? What what does the Urban League do in employment and, and education now the world has changed a little bit? And so what we've done is gone back to the drawing board, um, maintaining our work and historical efforts in education and employment, but looking how does that apply to a, a new situation. And so when we looked at our high schools and our, and our middle schools, we found that the isolation from the pandemic um, really put trauma in these young folks' heart. And we saw a lot of that when they returned to school and you saw so many behaviors. Um, we're also seeing um, suicidal ideations in the Black community that we've not seen before. And so um, our team had to re-equip itself. So we've partnered with a group called Dream out of the Bronx to bring in restorative practices. Uh, we're all going to get certification in restorative practices from the International Institute for Restorative Practices. We're going to bring in healing circles uh, for these young folks and have them become peer mediators through art. Uh, we're not only going to stop there with the kids. We're going to work with all public schools to be trained the trainers so that we can let them know how do they work with young kids from our communities that are suffering trauma. We're going to work with their parents in conflict resolution and restorative practice model so that we can create an ecosystem of support for these young folks trying to make a way through this system. That's what we have um, found in the education space that we want to try to do. Uh, but it's not just the kids. It's their parents as well, and it's adults, as their caregivers are hurting. Um, even though the unemployment rate across Nebraska is 2%, um, we found that our job fairs and our employer spotlights I mean, if you want a job and you're ready to go, we can get you one. Um, but those folks who were hurting before the pandemic, some of them are stuck, stuck. Um, and we, we see it in many different ways um, that, that folks are having a hard time moving forward. Yep. So what we've done in our employment and career services department is then focusing on the individual versus the job. Uh, we're getting our folks trained in and all have been certified in life coaching, which is a different mm-hmm. model of cognitive coaching folks um, when they're stuck. Um, they are all now financial coaches. So it's not just the job. What do you do with income? Um, mm-hmm. And then we are providing workshops with our local banks, local financial uh, counselors and other nonprofits who are expert in the financial space to help folks level up. So and at the end of the day, when we're looking at these vision boards and we're looking at where these folks want to go. Um, we want to look at their credit score. We want to look at their savings. We want to look at, see if they leveled up in their work. We want to see if they leveled up in their salary. And so. That credit score is so important because, you know, transportation is an issue in Nebraska. Yes, and if you don't have a good credit score, you don't you don't get a reliable form of transportation. Right. 
You can't find a, a decent apartment. Um, you can't do the small business loan once you've been working and maybe you want to open a janitorial service. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't buy a home. You can't make improvements to your current home. And so uh, the hope of the Financial Empowerment Center workshop that we're working at putting together is really to really eliminate that racial wealth gap um, that we have in Nebraska. So that program is more than just work. It's how do we level folks up so they can build wealth. I love that. So you follow them after they've gotten the job, like you said, to make sure their credit score is up, that they're doing all the right stuff you're supposed to do with what money you earn. That's I correct. Sign up for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, me, I, you know what? Uh, this is, uh, right? I, I need to play it myself. Yeah, I think a lot of us, because that is not taught. That is something we don't learn. I think back in the eighties, maybe I was taught how to balance my checkbook, and that's about as good as it got. So th- I feel like, geez, I mean, just so many services. I just feel like they can only end in success with you all. Well, that that's the hope. That is the hope that when you um, that when you enter the urban league. Mm-hmm. That you're not only connected to um, navigators in school and coaches, that you're not just connected to life coaches in the workforce and, and partners, that you're also connected with other members of the Urban League and other members of the community you might not have met before so that you know you're not alone. Right. We also hope that they meet people and bring their perspective wider, meet folks they would have never met in North Omaha, um, meet folks that can help them, meet folks that can push them, meet folks that help them get past hard situations. Our, our job is to make sure they have transformative experiences so they can grow hope. And I tell you, hope doesn't last a long time. Um, hope can come on for these these young folks and families and then flicker away as soon as the hardship happens. So our job is to be there. That follow-up is so important, like you said earlier, that when that hope is open, when it's there, that we have a coach available to help coach them to agency. Get you to the point where you don't need us anymore. Right. Get to the point where you can help coach someone else, right? Mm-hmm. And we know then and only then the social capital hope and agency that they have gotten there. I love it. I'm almost kind of speechless. I mean, I knew about the Urban, Urban League of Nebraska forever, and I knew the important work you did, but I guess I just didn't know. I mean, it's just amazing. So you get them in there, you make sure they finish education, uh, you help them find jobs. I mean, it's it's an incredible, incredible service that you offer. So thank you so much. Tell me how, if somebody wants to get a hold of you or they want to get involved in any of your programs, what do they do? Do they show up at your website? How do they get a hold of you? Well, you know, historically, they can just come on down to 30th and Lake, the 3040 okay. Lake Street, the front door. I mean, you'll meet the, the the kindest, sweetest front desk person you ever meet, Miss Rosetta. And from there, she will intake you and do everything that you need to do, get you to the workforce programs, get you to the um, the education programs. But the more uh, technical version of that is our website. If you okay. go www.urbanleagueneb.org, that's urbanleagueneb, as in Nebraska.org. You can okay. look at our programs. You can see how you can help. You can see how you can donate. See, I got that in, Megan. Um, you can see how you can get involved in, in programming. And you know what? You can always reach out online and, and, and give us a call. Megan, did I, did I miss anything on how to contact us? And we also are on the social media channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Instagram, and Facebook. So um, follow those for upcoming events. We have our Young Professional Gala, the end of August, August 26th. And then we also have the African American Leadership Awards coming up in November. So nominations for those awards will be opening um, late summer, and we really encourage um, folks to join us for those events. And if they can't join us, but they know someone in the African-American community that has impacted their life in various ways, to please consider nominating them. 
Perfect. And again, Workforce Closet, if you have gently used professional career clothes, you'll take them. And then if somebody wants to make a donation, same thing, just hit up your website or? Yes. And or they can also anytime call the Urban League office and ask for me, Megan, and I'm happy to help them. Um, You know, we like I said, we really are here to help folks overcome barriers. So we encourage people to reach out, um, whether if it's they want to partner with us or they need our services. Perfect. It's been a joy talking to both of you. You offer so much and I cannot wait to everybody to figure out that you're right here to help. And again, you're just a phone call or a click away on the website. So Wayne and Megan, thank you so much for taking the time today. Urban League of Nebraska, if you need their help, don't be shy. Reach out. You too can be part of their great success story, right? I'm Cami Carlisle, and thank you so much for listening to Community Conversations today on RTBS. You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community. The Radio Talking Book Network is brought to you with the cooperation of KIOS-FM in Omaha and statewide through the facilities of NET Radio and Television. We've been proudly serving our blind and visually impaired listeners for 46 years. Thank you for being a loyal Radio Talking Book listener and supporter.